Hello and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. I'm Steve, the Velo21 guy, and today I'm your host on this podcast. So for regular listeners, you may notice we're doing things a little different. We're getting straight into the talking this time. So there's no having to listen to that intro music. We've got it playing in the background, but you don't have to listen all the way through it now. So that's a little bit better, isn't it? Get straight in with the chat. So if you're listening to this and you think, I'd like to have a chat with Steve, the best way to get in contact with me is send me a DM on Instagram. You can get me at velo double underscore 21. That's velo double underscore 21. Send me a message. If you're a cyclist, we'd love to get you on the podcast. So let's get started. This week, we're speaking to another fantastic guest. Today, we are talking to... It's Chris Glover, a.k.a. Chris Glover, RCC. Hello and welcome to the Velodrome Podcast. Hi, how are you doing, Steve? You all right? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, good. Thank you for coming on. I always like to thank our guests because without the guests we wouldn't have a show so I do appreciate your time coming on tonight I really do so first of all I will just speak about how we know each other it's Instagram buddies again there's a recurring theme here isn't there yeah. we have a lot of people from the gram that we followed each other for for a long time and you also you do of course use the Velo 21 products which we will talk do, about yeah. a little bit later in the podcast but Obviously, this is a cycling podcast, so we'll, we'll start off with your cycling journey first. So, how did you first get into cycling? So, it's a bit of a, a bit of a strange one. So, I, I've been cycling for about five years now, um, but I just came back from we had like a family holiday, had some professional photos done, put them all up on the wall, and I was just I just kind of looked at the photos and I thought I don't really like how I was looking. I'd put some weight on. I think, you know, when you, I was like 39 and you just kind of start to, but then start to think, oh, is it all going sort of all one way really? So I needed to kind of, you know, get get fit and, and do something. And then I don't know what made me think about it, but I kind of just ended up buying a bike. <laughs> I think because I didn't really want the gym membership of, of paying something every month and then perhaps not going all the time, you know, with like being busy at work and things where I just thought, at least having your bike, you can just decide when you go out and you can get home and just go, I'm going to go out. You don't need any pre-planning on it sort of thing. So I ended up buying a £600 specialised Les brand new and got delivered and uh, I didn't have a clue how to change a gear or anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, And it just kind of started from there. So I got it all built up, got it all aligned and uh, went out on my first ride, which was about sort of seven miles from my house to a to a little like, local lake. Went round the lake, and I was absolutely exhausted after seven miles. Came back, and I was like, I don't know, this cycling thing's a bit odd. But just sort of <laughs> persevered with it and just kept doing the same route over and over again. And then just started building it up. And, you know, every time I went out, you were starting to get that little bit, little bit faster and a little bit fitter after a while. And then I'd... After a few months, I built it up to like doing like eighteen mile rides, and just sort of went on from there. And then I started riding with my cousin, who does a lot of cycling. Um, so that was nice then to start riding with someone rather than being on my own. Um, and then we started doing longer rides. So it was like twenty odd miles. Then we got to like thirty. So he then I was I was probably about thirty nine and a half. He challenged me then to do a forty mile ride before I was forty. So uh, I ended up doing doing those rides and meeting some of his friends as well who he cycles with. So I got put onto their group chat. So all of a sudden I'd 
made this group of friends who were all in cycling as well. So that kind of pushes you along a little bit more, you know, because you've got, I was getting dropped on the climbs and things, but you were still out with a group and it gave you that incentive to, to, to sort of keep pushing really. And then I think by the time I was 40, I think I'd done a, a 63 mile ride, so 100k. And uh, so I'd achieved my goal in one way and it just sort of grew from there really. So, um, and then I kind of, and then during lockdown, um, I got offered some free coaching from Velo29. Um, so I took that up um, and ended up hiring a Watt bike as well. So I could sit on, on Swift and things. And um, and then just, just my fitness just kind of just improved so much, you know, by having rides set and the consistency um, and just the right rides being set for me that, that I was able to, I was, I was getting so much fitter and faster and I was no longer kind of always being dropped. So, uh, yeah, that's a, kind of how it all started, really. Good, good. So, what keeps you motivated to keep going now? Um, I, I tend to get into things quite big if I, if I like them, which I have now with cycling. So, um, so, I, so I enjoy sort of having my ride set so I buy a coach because it keeps pushing me all the time. I always want to, I always try and go out with unlike the group rides on a Tuesday night, if I can go out with a quicker group, I'll try and go out with them because I want to try and push myself. You know, I could sit in the in the group below, but that's not my comfort zone. I can sit there and sort of not have to try too hard, but I always try to push as hard as I can, really, and that's why I like the coach, like the coaching, because I always get set of rides that always keep you pushing your limits. So I kind of always want to get better at it sort of thing because there's you know it's, it's nice to see that improvement from from like year on year when you're riding with the same people and then you start start being a little bit quicker than them and they're holding on to your wheel rather than you having to hold on the back of theirs and holding on for dear life in the end you're sitting on the front of the group and being the strong one lovely so yeah you've got that group and that community spirit that i speak about a lot on the podcast that's obviously spur spurred you on one thing i do want to just ask you about that you mentioned about there was um this is for my own benefit really you said you hired a what bike i didn't think you could hire them yeah well it was a few times the people i then started riding with on this group chat when there was like a place it's called the race hub and it was all set up for sort of triathlons and things we used to go there sometimes on a Saturday you know if it was if it was raining we'd all just go let's go and have an hour session down there and and things and then because of obviously lockdown they um had no real income they hired out the what bikes they had so uh-huh. so they could at least try and earn something so yeah so we, then he yeah, dropped off this what bike of a house and it was like huge you know you don't think they're that big when you see them in a studio but um but it was just good it was quite nice because it was just automatically once you've got it set up you know you can just jump straight on and it was i just get on yeah. and then my ride would load through that and i'd just get straight on do the ride and you know just really enjoyed it yeah because that was what i was asking was that um i set up my road bike um, and it's a wheel off job set it all up and it's a, it's a bit of a pain and it would just be a bit more convenient if I had one set up there that I could just jump on obviously I try and steer clear of it in the summer months when the weather's nice and the and you know we've got the light evenings and stuff but it would be nice for in the winter just to jump on and that's why I thought oh hiring one maybe I could hire yeah. one through the winter I don't know whether it... that looks like it was just at that time wasn't it through the cold yeah I think so like I say I don't know whether there is places where you can hire them but like I say that and then after about sort of six months, I then just bought the Yahoo trainer because I was looking at what I was spending a month and thought, well, mm. 
I may as well put that money towards towards a trainer and just use my own bike, which in the end I think was a bit more comfortable and a bit nicer because much as I like the Watt bike, I don't know whether I ever really had it properly set up because it's not it doesn't feel quite you know there's not yeah. quite the same things to and measure from. Yeah, and that's so important, isn't it? Because doing a few hours on a on a bike that's set up incorrectly could cause an injury or something like that as well. It's, and it's just not worth the the risk. Yeah, of and I think you get you kind so, of yeah, it's weighing up the the odds, isn't it? Yeah, and you get really used to your kind of like your own bike, don't you? You know, like it feels more home to from home, doesn't it? Sitting on your own bike than sitting on a what the actual what bike. I think if you go to a gym and you have to set one up, I don't think you ever properly get them set correctly you just end up sort of somewhere close what feels comfortable you can get away with yeah just peddling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lovely so um you recently completed ride london for parkinson's uk in memory of your dad so do you want to talk a little bit about that day yeah um it's sort of when i'd um decided to do the event and it came up um, that I could choose a charity and one of the charities on there was Parkinson's UK so I thought it was a perfect opportunity let's say because I lost my dad's Parkinson's um, in June last year so it was it was sort of something I could do sort of for him and put something back um, so yeah so I decided to do it for Parkinson's UK and um, I then set up um, a raffle um, to try and raise extra money um, and just start to start to try and you know get some donations like in for Parkinson's and then um, so I got sent there jersey which was which was really nice in the end you know I kind of felt like I was actually doing it for him representing Parkinson's UK um, I decided that I was going to try and do the ride as quick as I could really because it it's not the hilliest route it's sort of nice and nice and flat really um, with lots of people cycling it so there's always a wheel to to sit on and and push so I thought I'm going to try and see how fast I could do it um, but I didn't have a great start um, and I set up in the morning it was really busy in the morning but it was quite nice like sort of for the first time sort of like cycling past Buckingham Palace and things like that sort of you going past all these big landmarks um, but I, I started riding and I had no um I'm downshift on my electronic SRAM gears, so I did eight miles of just spinning and hardly really pedalling, really, until I found a shop that sold batteries that I could replace my uh, M shifter battery right. for. And then, like on there, so I sort of pushed on from after there and I went for it. I missed out all of the uh, feed stations because they were just absolutely packed. There were so many cyclists doing it, so I just stopped off at a garage and bought some extra fuel and water, topped up my bottles and um, just decided to like go for it as quick as I could. So I ended up doing the 100 miles in 5 hours, 32 minutes. And then including my stops nice. was 5 hours, 44 minutes. So I didn't stop for very long at all, really. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and that was averaging about 18.4 mile an hour on the ride. So I was quite pleased with that in the end. And then it was nice. Yeah, good. At the end, so we finished along um, Tower Bridge. So I'd been carrying a photo of my dad with me all day, and so when I crossed the and the finish line on Tower Bridge, I had my dad's photo out that I was out representing and riding for him, really. So it was it was, it was a little bit emotional going along there. Mm -hmm. It was sort of a way of me like showing my love for my dad. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd seen that post, obviously, on your Instagram account, which we did touch on at the start, which is Chris Glover RCC. Um, and I'd seen those photos yeah. of you holding your picture of your dad as, as you went, as you say, across Tower Bridge. And it, it, did, it did look brilliant. Like you say, a, a fantastic end to the riding. Like you say, you were riding for his memory, yeah. which was which was lovely. So fantastic. Well done. Yeah, well add, done. A little, add a little tear yeah. behind my glasses. So, <laughs> I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, so how much money did you did you raise in the end? Yeah, so in the end, I raised uh, £515 for Parkinson's UK, which I met my um, limit of Brilliant. 500 which was really good. And that was with from extra help as yeah. well, like that's a lot. And through the raffle, because I think without that, you know, it's, it is quite hard sometimes, you know, to get donations and things, you know, because especially at this time of the moment, everyone's sort of yeah. struggling for money and things. So I was I was lucky enough that some people that I do some stuff with, like, um, and then I got, then I got something off yourself, a Velo 21 um, from mm-hmm. from a, a Velo Tool and Velo Skin, Hilltop Energy and the Yahoo, the Cole team and the Pillar app all donated prizes, which really pushed on my like, sort of donations. It was just something, you know, nice just to push on my Instagram, but I could also then give something back, you know, that I had some nice prizes for people to win, you know, yeah. like, and I was just like, you know, five pounds, if everyone could just spend five pounds and, and you get a chance of winning something that's worth a lot more, you know, so it was just quite nice, really. I really enjoyed it. Good stuff. It's um, sometimes it's that, that beauty of social media, isn't it, you know, that you can, you can do these sort of things, get these reach out to people um as i said i just saw it on your story post and thought like well yeah i can donate a kit um so why not and i'm glad that it, it helped yeah definitely eke up that yeah target. definitely all that those little things really to to yeah, all those little things really help don't they you know because like i say because it is hard because especially on instagram you know because you scroll through and there's so many people always like that and doing something for charity and you obviously you, you can't do everything can you know like you can't sponsor everyone you know and you get that so it's just nice to i was like at least then with having the raffle it kind of gave people a little bit of incentive and you know and it was great having the communication with people and they were like yeah you know and then it kind of gave them a little something to look forward to in in me doing my ride and things like that you know so it was just really good i really enjoyed it would you do ride london again um yeah i would yeah i really enjoyed it It it's a really good day it's just it's really nice because obviously it now doesn't go up box hill or anything now so it went through like epping forest and round essex and down there and everyone was just out you know they were all just sitting on the edge of the drives you know because obviously because the roads were closed People were just sitting there and cheering you on, and the people were offering you like water, and people some people had like bits of food out and everything. Everyone was just brilliant. It was a real good atmosphere on the day, so I would definitely like do it again. I think I'll do it again next year if I can. So, yeah, no, it is really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not one that I've ever even because you have to kind of apply for a ballot place, yeah. don't you? It's not just a case of paying hundred pound or whatever to, to to ride that sportive you know yeah you, you have to apply for the place yeah don't you? um and it's not one i've even ever applied for to be honest but it is all if people that are listening don't know it is all closed roads yes isn't it? yeah is, I think, which is really nice it was really, really quite strange enjoyed. it must be you know like you know because you can literally just go mm. all over the road and you haven't got to worry that there was ever a car coming sort of thing you know which, which you never really get to do really mm-hmm. a bit obviously it was hard you know there's, there's a lot of cyclists on the road so you're always you're always watching out for someone nipping across in front of you because everyone's trying to get round everyone and things because there's, there's lots of people that are doing different routes and different speeds, different bikes. There was people wearing sort of flip-flops mm-hmm. <laughs> doing it on a little bike ride, you know, like, yeah. so, so you really do get a mixture of people that are doing it. But it's a great atmosphere and it's a great day. And then 
I know other people doing the ride, but I was I was at my start time on my own. Yeah. But you're never really on your own because you just started standing there and just end up chatting to people and and stuff. It was just brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, good. I think it it will be one. I'll I'll have to put it on the bucket list for for a future event. But uh, yeah, and I might have a look at it next time actually. Um, so when's the ballot open for that? Do you know? Um, actually, I'm not 100 percent sure because obviously the actual rides in the actual rides in May end of May is on the bank holiday, so I can't remember who it was. It was quite a while. Yeah, but there's a there's normally a big push on it yeah. as well. Okay. If you follow Ride London on Instagram, there'll be some yeah. like stuff on there about it. Yeah, yeah. I might try and get on it this time. So other rides that you've done, um, that I've seen on your Instagram highlights. You did Manchester, London in. 2022 so how was that ride for you uh it was tough yeah real tough like so <laughs> i decided it's a big day that it is. is a big day yeah and i don't think you quite you, you don't <laughs> really quite realize how big it is you know like i've done a few like and then done quite a few hundred mile rides and you know that's that and that's a big day out on your bike when you're going to 100 miles but so i'd done in the training for it after i'd said i was going to do it i'd then done a couple of hundred mile rides and then the day before I actually got married um, I went out and did a 150 mile ride um, and I was told not to crash or come off my bike um, so I went and did 150 miles and then when I got back I kind of sat down and thought like there's still another another 72 miles to do on top of what I've done today and another 72 mile ride is another is another big ride and it finally dawned on me like how far it is like it's it's like huge so i'd kind of just sort of prep myself to do it and then and then literally in the week before um i was due to do it that, that, and i lost my dad so i was then i kind of had hadn't trained for a few days before because he was ill and i didn't really know what to do because i was a bit sort of a bit lost and i then just got home mm probably I think it was the night after he had passed away and I just I just sort of said to to my wife Jodie I just said I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and do it and it was quite it was quite sort of ideal because the ride was on Father's Day so I was like you know what my dad would want me to go and do it you know he wouldn't want me to go and change my plans you know and so it was all to raise money for ambitious about autism which is all all through Rafa they and like support the ride and set up all the feed stations but it became a bit of a personal thing for me. I wasn't raising money for, for my dad, but I went and rode for my dad, even because I'd raised some money for the Ambitious About Autism like charity already. So it was just, I just I just, I just kind of said to my coach, look, I'm going to go and do it. And he was like, like, I totally agree, Chris. You know, like, we've, we've been training for it. It's what you're all set up to do. He said, yes, you've had, you know, a week and a bit of not doing the training that we could have gained. He says, but you're more than fit enough to go and do it. And he says, I'm just going to do it for your dad. And he says, and that little bit when you're feeling a little bit tired and a little bit down, just think of your dad and he'll get you through the day. So uh, that's what we did. So we set off, I think I think I was up about four in the morning. I think we set up about sort of half five, six. And uh, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a good old day. We had a bit of a tailwind. It wasn't very strong, but we had a bit of a tailwind, which is always nice when you're just heading in one direction. And... Uh, we sort of then there was me and one of the other chaps from the RCC Leicester that I ride with that were doing it who knew each other, um, but it was just like it. It was like another day because everyone sort of 
all started from the same place. You just sort of rode with a group and you just met different people. You just you just ride along and it was it was I mean it was tough the first section we went through the Peak District as we left Manchester. Mm. So we did quite a bit of climbing in the first bit, but in the other hand it was quite nice to get it done earlier and out of the way rather than being at the end. So yeah, it was just it was it was a real good day. We had some great feed stations set up by Rafa. Um and then yes, I think it took me about fourteen and a half hours of actual cycling time. I think, but I think we were out for about eighteen and a half hours on the road. So I think I think we finished about half eleven at night. But yeah, after about two hundred miles, I had a blowout on my tire, um, and it was raining. It was pitch black, and we managed just to put a, a tube in it because I was running tubeless. And uh, by that point, I'd kind of had enough. But you're just like, well, you've just got to, you just sort of have to get through it and we did yeah we, as a group we sort of pushed over every time we all kind of hit little lows at different times and everyone was there to sort of give you that come on you know you can do this and it was just it was brilliant and some of the rcc leicester lads they met us at the leicester feed station and they rode into into london with us you know so they were there all the time sort of supporting us and you know whenever you do that little bit of thing you think how am i going to get this done they were just there going come on you can do this and yeah it was, just, it, it was a real good day I, mean, I don't think i'd do it again <laughs> it's one of those things you do when you think mm. ah, you know what it's a long old day yeah that's a, t- a tough distance I think anything over 200 is like mega and like you say you've got that thing that you'd you'd ridden like 150 miles and then you think I've still got 72 to go which yeah. in in itself like you said it's it's a bit it's a big Sunday ride isn't it a 72 yeah. mile yeah. you know that's that's a big ride and then you think like god i've still got that to do after doing 150 like it's it's just mental it's it's crazy though sometimes that you just kind of you get to a point and your body's just kind of doing it where it's it's like you're just kind of going along and kind of got used to it and it's just like right okay we've just got to go for a few more a couple more hours and it's yeah um kind of thing but yeah it's i think it's the mentality of going that far is is just tough yeah you and then especially having that mechanical as well towards very close to the end that's like disheartening isn't it yeah just, i think we're out we're really hard to get yeah we're trying to sort my time for about sort of half an hour and we even called the sort of you know the sort of van to come along and see if he had any tires or anything to help us out um but it is it is mm. it is all mental in the end, you know, like because you're training, you have to do a lot of training because you have to have to be a certain physically fit to do it. But there's also a, a big portion of it is in your head, you know, like because I think it's amazing how far you can actually push your body if you if you're mentally strong and just keep saying to yourself, "You're going to do it, you're going to do it," because your body will, will get you there. You're just pushing it to limits that it doesn't normally do, but actually it actually copes quite well if you actually just stay strong in your head and that's all I did really it was just that even when after like 200 miles it was still a bit a bit like oh there's only 22 miles to do but we're averaging about sort of 15 mile an hour especially when it's it's dark and there was no street lighting where we were so it was quite tough you didn't didn't ever know when a climb was coming you just sort of all of a sudden started going oh there's a hill here I don't know where it goes or mm. how steep it is um but yeah. you still kind of think like how far it goes on yeah, for. But you're still thinking like 22 miles in my head. I was like, that's still like over an hour's worth of riding. You know, and you're just there, and you just. I was at that point where I was just like, right, I've literally, I am fed up now of being on the bike. But like I say, everyone was there and going, come yeah. on, Chris, you know, because yeah. yeah, you're going to get finished. And yeah, 
we all got there in the end and it was yeah it was good i was absolutely shattered the next day <laughs> all i remember was we got a lift yeah. back from yeah. london um and i remember i think i was in the back of the car for about five minutes and then i just woke up back at home and was like right you're back and i was like oh don't even remember the journey i was just absolutely exhausted <laughs> yeah it does take and that recovery time as well you're just thinking as well you can't bear to look at the bike like i recently did a 100 mile out where i've, I've kind of let my fitness slip a little bit lately like I, I was still good over an hour or hour and a half two hours kind mm. of thing but longer rides i wasn't great over i did it with velo dave actually um and yeah towards the end i'd had i'd had enough like there was a point where there was um because we were doing a 100 mile route and there was a 65 mile route on this sport yeah um and i saw the 65 sign and i was so tempted to turn (laughs) like just go the 65 mile route just to get back i was like oh i'm doing it but i did Carry on, and then it just got really hilly as well. It just got worse, and then I was like, I should have, I should have turned, I should have turned. But then I was glad I did. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I said to Dave afterwards because then he ended up. I think he commuted the next day as well. Like it was on the Sunday, and he commutes, doesn't he? Um, and uh, yeah, I was like, I can't even look at my bike, let alone think about getting on it. No, I like, just horrendous. I literally struggled. I mean, I think I got in um, about three o'clock in the morning. So, and then obviously. It was then that was on a Sunday, so it was like Monday morning. I'd I'd planned in that I didn't really have any work booked in, so uh, but everyone else obviously was up for work and the kids were up for school, so I ended up getting up at about half six because I knew I wouldn't sleep through them all getting up. So I just sort of got up a bit sort of like tired and exhausted, and then as soon as they were all gone, I just went back to bed. And I think I slept till about lunchtime and then sort of got up. But I, I struggled with stairs, certainly on the Monday. Yeah, it wasn't my favourite thing to walk up and down the stairs. Did you manage to sleep once you'd finished? Because that's one thing I've struggled with on big rides. When I fit, come to the end and then I can't switch it, I can't switch off. I'm still in like, I think it's all the caffeine gels. And yeah, because yeah, you're still sort of buzzing from the ride. physically drained. But just... Yeah, I think, I think from that I slept because it was just so exhausting you know like it was such a long day like literally i think by the time we'd finished i think we'd been on the bikes for like say 18 19 hours you know like including feed stations and mechanicals and things like that mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah i think i was uh, i just sort of went to sleep because i was i had nothing left i was exhausted have you got any uh big rides planned for this year or any big challenges in 2023 planned at all? um i've not got anything big planned as a big ride uh but i've i've started crit racing um i'd done a few rides on a, well a few races on swift and actually got quite into them i'm just going to jump in now just to say we had a technical difficulty when recording with chris and he froze on the screen and we actually lost around eight minutes of the conversation where he was talking about all of his first crit race here we battled on to the end so we have to pick it up when he's talking about his next race that he's got upcoming soon. Okay, so have you just done the the one race? Or have you done uh, so two? I've only just done the one for now, like say, and then my second race is booked for the uh, 23rd okay. of July. Okay, same. it's all the same yes, event, it, is it? Like the yeah, it's the same track, same, same um, club uh, doing it again. So yeah, literally, hopefully I can just hold in the pack longer this time and um, just improve my time, which is why I'm glad I finished the race because... All I want to see is like an improvement every time. I mean, I don't ever really expect to 
to win the race or do anything, but it was just a just a personal sort of goal and you know just to just to experience it. it was another like form of cycling to sort of give a try and you know like unless you try you don't ever know do you perfect so yeah i wish you all the best for thank that, you Chris. i'm it's, gonna need uh, it it is good fun <laughs> it is good fun um <laughs> so uh what's your we know each other as i say through through instagram um what's your relationship like with instagram do you enjoy the photograph side of of cycling um yeah i do yeah i mean i set up my sort of cycling instagram as a sort of just over a, a year a bit ago and um just to obviously share those photos because i think i was putting them on my personal facebook and instagram and Half the people on there didn't really care, really. You know what I mean? It's like it's all family and friends and, you know, like the poor uh, wife has to listen to me talking about cycling all the time anyway. So uh, I thought, you know, why not try and find other people that actually enjoy that sort of thing? So I just thought, you know, just set it up and and then enjoy the photos and just sort of um, just like meeting different people um, and what it can bring. Like I've met like the flying cyclist, we we joined up for a ride and I thought, well, I wouldn't have ever met him if it wasn't for the Instagram post and stuff like that. And it just sort of, you get to know certain people like me and yourself, you know, we have little chats and, you know, and like, we wouldn't have ever met any other way before. And I just think it's a, it's a great way to sort of meet like-minded people who are all into the same thing. And then don't really get bored about your, your pictures of your bike and, and what, what new top you've bought. <laughs> Good stuff. So, on Instagram, you work with some great brands, obviously Velo Twenty One included. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about those brands? Yeah. So, obviously, I work with yourself, Velo Twenty One, um, and sort of all your cleaning products, which I just think are great because I used to hate washing my bike. It's the one thing I always used to dread doing, and I probably wouldn't do. But since using all your products, it was just sort of made everything just nice and easy and actually after the ride I actually don't mind washing my bike because everything smells great and and your bike comes up really clean so you have that then bit of pride <laughs> in your bike um, and then I also um, do some stuff for uh, Velo Skin so they do a lot of like chamois cream um, and they do a real good recovery gel um, sort of thing so that, that, and that's always good for after a hard ride you just rub that into your legs and sort of means you can get back on the bike the next day um, I also lucky to work with um, Hilltop Energy, uh, and all their um, gels and energy powder are all made from honey, so that's all 100% natural, which is quite nice. Because I always sometimes we buy all these gels and these things, but half the time, do we really know what's in them? You know, and and I found especially when I did like the Manchester to London, you know, you've got to be careful like so careful what you're eating you know because you can it can easily upset your stomach and on a ride like that's the last thing you need is to be sort of getting an upset tummy sort of thing because it's not the greatest time if you're doing a massive ride you know like you are end up you do sometimes just eat for the sake of eating aren't you just because you know you've got to consume something and after so long sort of bike fuel and things sometimes don't always taste the great but these are just like say they're all just honey so i get them really well with them um, and then also I, I do some, some things with the um, Pillar app as well, which I run alongside my coaching. So sometimes my coach will set me a free ride. He'll say to me, if you're feeling good and you want to push, you know, you can go out and push. If you also, if you're on one of those weeks where you've, you've had a couple of hard rides and you don't want to 
cycle very hard he says you know then you can just take it easy so i tend to then i'll i'll, I'll click on the pillar app and see what that's telling me and things like that and that's a great little app you know that that sets your rides for any goal that you've got and i spoke to them at a rule air live um and last year when they just sort of started and it just seemed a real good app you know i i kind of got on, on board because i think it's a nice way to sort of for people who are training for things or where normally you wouldn't really want to get a coach because you might feel a bit intimidated or you know that you don't want to go into that spending that much money sort of each month for a coach so um but the app let's say is like 4.99 a month and you know it's quite affordable but it also actually does actually care about what you're trying to achieve as well you know because you tell it you know what what sort of goals you've got or, or what rides you've got coming up and and it will monitor your sort of um sort of energy levels so it so it's never just giving you a ride to go all out when you are running low because you've had you've had a couple of hard rides you know like if it tells you it, like it, if it picks up you need a rest day it tells you you need a rest day and i know you use the the pillar app as well don't you so it's just a i, I think it's a great little app you know yeah it's yeah. like it's like accessible for everyone without if you then miss a ride you're not answerable to a to a coach going well you know you've missed your ride you know you miss a ride you can you can reschedule it um and I just think, you know, it's it's nice that there's something like that that is there for everyone, you know. So, you, you know, it's easy for someone just to just to download the app and and sort of go from there, really. Yeah, because um, as you say, I I've started using the app quite recently. Actually, it was off you that I started using the app. That was where I saw it from from yourself, yes. and that's where I first started to to check it out. And we had dan on dan yeah. from pillar on episode 13 yes, as yeah, well. listen so to if, that. if you do want to know a little bit more about the about the app in detail you can obviously listen to episode 13 for dan from pillar as well to get a bit more of an insight but yeah as chris has touched on they've got that affordability aspect of it and then it's it's very interchangeable as well that you know if you do miss that ride it it kind of it doesn't really penalize you but then it, it puts it into other days and it might just extend your stu- your Sunday or something like that or just it adjusts yeah. the week because it's adaptive um for into the into the next one and as I said I've actually been getting quite good growth the last three weeks I've seen an increase in FT, um in watts every yeah. week the last three weeks and the week before it was 11 watts as well and I thought that's a decent yeah that's a real good the weeks before it'd only been like two and three and three but then yeah that midweek one was 11 and i thought that's a good old yeah that's a big jump yeah chunk. and then each week I was, i'm yeah i'm getting a, a few more watts out of it i'm I'm struggling this week for for time a little bit so i don't think i'll get out on the bike that much yeah, this week but so, um, i don't think it'll be happy with me but uh you know it happens yeah that's it yeah but, it? but i think that's the nice thing about having the app you know that you're then not gonna then get told off by your coach you know it you know, if you have had one of those weeks, because it does happen, you know, we all have them, you know, like something either work or family things and things like that, you know, that you don't have to then feel guilty for missing it sort of thing. And and it's great because they are always there to talk to as well. So I need to book on to have a chat with, with Dan about nutrition, things like that, because I have a bit of a chat with him about that. And, you know, like they are there. There's actually someone behind the app as well. It's not just the app. You know, there is someone to talk to if you do want that little bit to find out a bit more info and you know and, and have a chat with them about the coaching and what you're doing and why then they are there to speak to you know so it's not just just 
purely for your throwing. If you want that personal touch, they are there as well, which is great. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. So one thing I did want to touch on with you, I, when I wrote this question out for you, I thought afterwards, I thought, oh, we did. We have had somebody else on who's used the Purple Gain Speedback, which was John Ice, right, yeah. episode nine. Um, but I did write down that you're one of the first people to use the Purple Gain Speedwax. Um how do you find it personally? Um, I'm really impressed with it. And I'm the sort of person as well that um, I'm rubbish at um, doing any sort of maintenance. I don't do anything on my bike. Like, uh, so I've never taken my chain off my bike at all. And I was a bit like, wow, you know, like, I've actually got to do something. To... And so I just sort of looked it up and I bought the little <laughs> park tool, you know, plier things. You just, say, you just pop the, the link and uh yeah it was actually really easy um and then i just watched your youtube video which was great you know because you can kind of pause it and go back at each you know like you can watch it and then just wind it back while you're doing it so literally yeah it was literally i took my chain off put it in the degreaser uh left it in there then into a bowl of hot water you don't need anything fancy really do you as well that's the that's the great thing with it you know like i know you can buy the ultrasonic cleaners and things like that but you literally can just do it in a, a literally just a just a bowl, pour the hot water straight out of the kettle, chain straight in, and then you think to yourself like, and I always think, like when you've cleaned your chain before, you think it's clean, but actually when you've used the degreaser and then you put it in hot water and you still see what comes off that chain, you're like, wow, and then we take it out of the hot water and then you're like, that clean that chain is now clean. You know, you realise what a clean chain is. And then it was just, yeah, dead straightforward. Literally, I just put, but then I got an old saucepan, otherwise I'd get killed by the wife. Um, and um, just just melted the wax down on the on the gas hob. Um, and as soon as it melted, I took it off, mm-hmm. popped the chain in, left it in for, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and then just watched it before it was thing, and then just took it out, let it drip all back in, let it cool down, and just back on the bike. You know, break it up to loosen it off little bits fall off and then yeah back on the bike and it sort of yeah just ran really smooth and it i love that the fact that like the the chain was just constantly clean like i went out on a couple of rides and my bike came back filthy and i looked and i took a couple of pictures and i looked at the pictures and i was like you can literally see that my chain is absolutely spotless where normally you know whatever i was using before would never have stayed like that you know like and you don't get any black marks on your socks or overshoes or anything like that if you catch your chain or you know if your chain pops off or you've got a puncture there's nothing worse you know when you're out and you've got to touch your chain and it's black and you're, and you're literally covered in it aren't you like i mean i didn't I haven't had no mechanicals but i know that if i did my chain's clean like you don't get anything off the chain literally you can wipe your hand on it and it's as clean as the first first day you went out on it so i'm really impressed and i don't think there's any other way to go other yeah. than the wax yeah, yeah, that's it. And we've just developed, hopefully, fingers crossed, coming out soon, that we've got um, a drip-on version of it yeah. as well. So it can be used as a top-up or a standalone loop. So then you're not having to remove the chain and, and put it back on. But then you still get the benefits of, yeah. of the wax that it's yeah. super, super clean as well. Because um, that's the main the main reason for it as well, is that it helps the longevity of the chain because that 
black that you get on it is like ends up like a yes. coating paste within the chain and, and grinds and and wears the chain out so it's, it's that helps that longevity of all the parts as well so in essence it does end up saving you money really because you yeah well i think chains you can get sort of eight to ten thousand miles yeah well i think is it, it works both ways because you're not constantly having to degrease your chain and clean it plus reapplying every ride or every few rides that you do and also like say like then then like it's cutting down the wear and tear on your on your cassette. I mean, like I think I think the price of my SRAM rear cassette's like two hundred pound. So I'm like, the longer it can last, the better. Because <laughs> you know everything's gone up, hasn't it? You know, like and you know, like <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be spending money like that all the time. You know, because it soon all adds up, doesn't it? I mean, it's like the whole whole thing, isn't it? Like then you know, cycling's cheap once you've got a bike, but you need to start, don't it? Then so you realise. With everything else that goes with it, all the clothing yeah, and everything, it, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. might as well have bought a yeah, Lamborghini. Yeah, and specialised like say, but <laughs> all you need to do is a few little bit of like bike maintenance, you know, whatever you're doing, it, and it sort of adds up. You know, you are constantly throwing money at your bike, aren't you? If it's not, if it's not one thing or the other, you know, we're always, always spending money on it. So, yeah, like my next thing's tyres. I could do with a new set. of Tyres, my Michelin's Michelin power cups are running a bit low at the minute, so I've just put them. Uh, I've just had them on my uh, on my zip wheels. So. I'm really impressed with them. Yeah, I love them. I do. Um, I did some work for Michelin, and they said, "Oh, we've got this tyre coming out," um, and I hadn't even heard. Of, I hadn't used it before, so I had a, I put them on just before I went to the Stelvio actually last year. So I've had them on just over twelve about twelve months now, um, and yeah, really yeah. hate them. I don't, I don't. I mean, they're not cheap. No, but they're actually um, cheaper than most of the others, though. Aren't they? I found yeah. they're actually a real reasonable price, though. I think for a tire, what they compared to some of the others. Yeah, because okay. I was quite impressed with the cost. See, because I think I bought them when they were new, and I, I, I couldn't get any. I think they're about seventy-five pound each. Oh, right. I, I think I, I think I paid about there? fifty odd pound. I think each. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they were br- they'd only yes. just come out. Because Michelin told me about them um, when I picked them up, and I couldn't I couldn't get them for any list. Unfortunately, they did say we'll send you some, and that they never quite came through, unfortunately, which was a shame. But um, yeah, I'm really so... impressed with them. They're really good, I think. Yeah, really, really impressed. I mean, I'm really, I love mm. a tan wall, so it's always got to be a tan wall tire for me. But I know that's uh, some people like them, some people don't. Yeah, and. Yeah, see, that's what I want to go for. They weren't available when I bought them. Um, the tan wall hadn't come out yet. Um, they didn't come out together, so, yeah, the black yeah. came out first and then the tan wall, and I thought, next time I'll yeah. get the tan wall. Yeah, I think that they'll, they'll be nice. So that's my yeah, next Yeah, definitely. But like I say, there's always, there's always something to buy, isn't there? Um, but hopefully, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, right, we'll move on to the last few questions that we like to ask all the guests. So if you've listened to the podcast before, which you've told yeah. me that you have, so you, you yeah. know what's coming now. Um, so are you a calf stop? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's very, very rare I don't <laughs> stop at a calf. If I'm going out and doing a sh- like a midweek training ride, obviously not then because you just want to you know get out, get your training ride done and get back. But certainly a weekend ride, always the main discussion if I'm out with other people or even if I'm out doing a solo ride it's like right where am I heading which calf it's probably more I pick the calf and then do everything else and ride around that then really yeah that's it yeah to to, well I think to myself yeah yeah, what do I fancy this week I'll have that and that's where I'm heading and then just sort of get out of my bike and go there so what do you think to have be a latte and sometimes a cake 
or sometimes it'll be a sausage or a bacon cob or bap or barn cake or roll whatever <laughs> that's another discussion what everyone calls them but yeah so uh <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so yeah so i'll always either have like i said a cake or a or a cob or a roll yeah lovely lovely it's the one section i always i don't know why i do it because i never really reference it back but i always write down uh, what everyone says <laughs> Next, well, to next that question, I always make a note. You'll know what to order. It. Got... <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So I'll have to bring all because the... I've got all the notes saved. I've got them all. So um, yeah, if I ever ride with anyone, I can reference the notes and see. That's I it, know yeah. what you'll have. <laughs> <laughs> you said this on the podcast. So um, dream bike, money, no object. Um, it'd be a Bianca, probably a Bianca Altair. I think it is as they're okay. called. I was looking. Yeah. I've... Yeah, so I've just always. I think when I started going to the bike shop that I use, he's got Bianchi's there, and I've always just loved that sort of Bianchi green. You know, I think it just looks awesome. Uh, so mm. I think if money was no object, mm. that'd be my dream bike, especially because the, 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 I think they're bringing out some new versions of it and it looks really nice as well. And I always imagine them being quite quick as well because I think they're quite aero, aren't they, and things like that. So. So yeah, that, that definitely. Yeah, especially the X that XR range. Oh yeah, that they're they're really like aero based and stuff as well. So, like um, we we actually ran um, one of the products in in Celeste, the which is the Bianchi argument whether it's blue right, yeah. or green. It's a bit yeah. debatable, isn't it? It's kind of it's kind of between the two. Um, in the map yeah. frame cleaner. Uh, we we ran that for for a short time and and that always sold well. That did to we um, to the Bianchi people because they they ran a, a, a good course. I think they've come out of it now. Like a lot of the uh, bike brands have now that they're, they're not doing as many map frames now. It used yeah. to be a big thing. Sort of when I bought my Canyon in 2016, it was like everything was going mad. It seemed to have a few year run. And now everything seems to be gloss again. It's just I think it's because everyone was finding it a nightmare to keep them clean. To yeah, and, and then sometimes the um, glossy just looks nice in the sun, doesn't it? When it's sunny, it always looks nice, doesn't it? A shiny bike. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So if we could pop you anywhere in the world right now to go cycling, where would you? Go? Um, I'd probably like go round sort of at the uh, Tour de France, sort of one of them routes. Like, but I, I don't know whether I'd like the climbing. I'd have one of the sprinters days, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind climbing, but they're like yeah, pretty extreme. Yeah, one of the flat stages over there. Yeah, so I think if there was, if that was my mm. place, I could I could go. I'd love to have a go out there, but I don't know how well I'd do, especially this time of year because it's quite warm, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I'd love to have a go. I mean, obviously, like Bento, mm. things like that, they're all iconic climbs, aren't they? You know that you'd love to do and you know get to the top and mm. say I've done it. It's not the sort of thing you can attack those big climbs. They're too big. Like anything round, like we don't live too far away from each other, but you, you know, anything um, around here, you, you can't really attack them like you can in the UK because you're never really climbing for that no. in the UK. Whereas out there, you're climbing for sort of two two hours. It's like a good time up some of them, you know. So it's it's like just sitting at your power know what you can do and just try and enjoy yeah. the view. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, they are, I mean, over there, they really are like a different level, aren't they? I mean, like, I did I did a, a ride on an indoor ride last night and it was one of the climbs that was on the tour. And uh, 
I think it was, I'm trying to think how far I went, but it was like like, like 1,700 feet of climbing. And the first bit started off at like six. It was averaging sort of six, seven. And then there was a middle part that was literally like 14. And then it went 10%, 9%, and then you went like 6.9. And then it was like like 14 and then 15. And you're like, oh my God, I'm a my legs were about falling off i was i was glad i was just on the trainer because you can just stop can't you and not worry about clipping back in but yeah it, it kind of makes you realize how brutal they are the climbs because i've been i've been mallorca and sort of like mm-hmm. Sacalibre, and as much as they're long and thingy but they're a nice sort of averaging six percent you know so you can just get in that nice rhythm you know so you can sit mm-hmm. just pedaling 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 like saying then just sort of watching your power and staying at that power but i think those climbs are so hard because the gradients change so much you never really get a chance to sit in a rhythm do you and then those really steep sections just absolutely take it out of you don't they in like you know and to watch them go up when i like say i did it on the train and then i then i watched the highlights and i was just like and i watched them go up it and i was like and made it like it was it was like three or four percent climb yeah you're just like wow you know and i was i was i was i was blowing (laughs) trying to get up and finish it and that and that and that was it. I was done. Yeah, because and they had and they had about three or four more climbs to do as well. Yeah. So you just think they're it's incredible, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, the next level. Yeah, the next definitely. Level. That's the dream. The if you could be as good as them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, keep practicing. <laughs> keep practicing. Keep win the. You've got to, uh, You've at least got to win a cap for Crete. Yeah, when I win a cat four crit, <laughs> I reckon I might have tried to persuade the missus to let me buy a Bianca because I'll need it in the cat three. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it probably won't happen, so she'll be all right. Great excuse. <laughs> Brilliant, Chris. Thank you very much for coming on today. I really That's appreciate right, your time. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much you for asking. It's been good fun. So that was great speaking to another cyclist, Chris. Thank you very much for your time and coming on the Velodrome podcast. We really appreciate everyone's time, all the guests that come on. We really do appreciate you. Thank you very much because without you, we wouldn't really have a show. So once again, thanks to Chris. Thanks to everyone that's come on over the course of the time. We really am bowled over by the amount of people that still want to come on. We've still got plenty of guests lined up. I said it at the start, I'll say it to you again now, if you want to come on, send me a DM on Instagram, fellow double underscore 21, that's fellow double underscore 21, we'd love to get you on the podcast. Unfortunately, we did have a little bit of a technical issue with Chrissy's, Um, we did have a dropout, and then when I've listened back to the audio, we lost quite a bit of the audio as well, so he was talking about his racing quite a bit, which we missed out a fair chunk, but we managed to get as much as we could in on that as well, so these things are here to try us aren't they though sometimes we do have technical difficulties modern technology hey isn't it wonderful so once again i thank you for listening i'm steve the velo 21 guy i'll catch you soon